Bismillah, assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to the Dadhood podcast. Um, so today uh, we're on our Instagram live feed as well. Um, so for those of you who are watching on Instagram, um, we're actually, you know, not looking at our phones most of the time. We've, we're communicating over a video conference call. Um, so uh, don't think we're ignoring you guys, but just send in your comments, send in your questions. You guys can participate in our conversation today. Um, and for those of you who are listening to this later after it's gone on YouTube or the podcast apps, then make sure you're following uh, myself, Shoy Muhammad, um, so that for future podcasts, uh, follow on Instagram for future podcasts, you can join in live and you can get your comments and your questions in, inshallah. So to introduce, inshallah, we have not only Shoaib on one side of the camera, but Shoaib on another side of the camera. Uh, today's episode is called The Two Shwaibs Social Media Parenting And I need to make public toba So um, Dr. Salman But he saw the poster And he messaged me And he said um, Bro you need to make public toba Because you have put a grammatical error In your poster You've put apostrophe S And it's meant to be just an S and uh, he said, you have to be public tobo for this. So uh, I told him I promised I would. So public tobo to all of the grammar warriors out there. Uh, apologies for that. But I'm sure you get the gist. It's two shwebs on the podcast today. We're both fathers and we're both going to be speaking about um, fatherhood and our stances on it and some of our experiences with it as well, inshallah. So, assalamu alaikum, shwaib, slash, at the sunnah guy. How are you doing? Waalaikumsalam, warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, Shaib. MashaAllah, Alhamdulillah, I'm good, bro. Uh, very well. Yourself, bro? Good, good, Alhamdulillah. Uh, I'm hoping there's no echo on your end. Is there? You can hear me clearly? No, not, not all nice and clear, bro. Alhamdulillah. Okay, good, Alhamdulillah. If you ever hear your voice uh, your voice echoing on your side, just let me know and I'll change some of the settings. Um, so, this has been. Um, you know, I've been chasing you up for a while. <laughs> and uh, in, in, the, in that while, I even managed to get you onto Islam Channel podcast and not even my own podcast, you know. So uh, I think this is this is well overdue, inshallah. Uh, we're going to start yeah. with... Sorry, go <clears throat> No, no, sorry. I was going to say that obviously you know the reason, bro, the film and everything else. Bro, of course. Just, wait, wait. It was way too busy for me to be like, oh, cool, I can dedicate some time. Like, even me, bro, I've just kind of told a lot of people, like, I'm not, I'm not saying yes to a lot of things now. Yeah. Purely because I don't I don't want to do what I did last year. <laughs> it was just yeah, way too much. Yeah, hundred percent. I know it's fine. It's fine. Alhamdulillah. Obviously, I totally understood, and that's why we got you on Islam channel. We had to support the project. I came down to the premiere, and uh, it was very very enjoyable. Alhamdulillah. May Allah uh, give you the, give you guys that criterion the ability to make more of these amazing movies and films. So first uh, thing is what we usually ask our guests is. Um, how old were you when you became a father and how many kids do you now have? So, uh, Adam, who is my eldest son, he, uh, he will be turning five in November. Uh, so I, so how old am I? I'm, I'm, I'm 28. <laughs> Subhanallah. I'm 28. Take away five. So that is, I was 20. Uh, this is going to be embarrassing. I was 23 when I became a father. Oh, MashaAllah. So, and you said you're now 20, 26? 28. 28, sorry. Okay, okay. Oh. Alhamdulillah. Uh, so, tell me how it was when you first became a father. Was it sort of, uh, you know, shocking? Was it sort of very much expected because it was all like, everything was going according to plan? What was it like? 
Uh, I mean, it's kind of a bit of a crazy story, but my wife's from Pakistan, and yeah. um, and subhanAllah, she came to the UK and gave birth ten days later. Wow! So yeah, it's a bit, a bit nuts for. Um, I kind of I kind of played the wild card, bro. If I'm honest, like you know, just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't really prepare for that. I was I was preparing for delivery in, in Pakistan, but alhamdulillah, she came here and everything is great. Uh, yeah, she came here ten days later. She gave birth. And uh, it was just, it was bliss, bro. It was amazing. You know, I was, I was working at Radiant Drops at the time. Um, and it was really, really good for me, bro. Like in the sense that, you know, I was working from home. Yeah. Uh, and I had I had a lot of time to kind of spend with my son. Uh, and Wallahi, bro, it was probably, you know, one of the most surreal experiences of my life. And I just cherished every moment of it. And, you know, just so blessed, bro, Wallahi, that, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed me to be a father. when a lot of my close, close, close friends... Sadly, you know, they, 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 they're not able to have kids. Um, and I'm talking about a good number of them, unfortunately. So, you know, when I, when, when I had that, Alhamdulillah, I felt just really blessed, man. Alhamdulillah, that's amazing. And so how soon after did uh, your other child come along? She came just, at, uh, just over two years later. So she was born. So Adam was 2017 November. Sumaya was 2020 uh, in February. So she was a COVID baby. Okay, alhamdulillah. So, yeah, so Sumaya came just before I start. I picked up a camera. So <laughs> she basically, it was a different phase of my life, right? So alhamdulillah, like as in Sumaya came, uh, you know, in the year where I basically started filmmaking and kind of going on YouTube. And, and that's actually when I came on social media. So I wasn't on social media before 2020. I've always just been kept away from it. I didn't really believe that it was something that I, I could bring value to people's lives. But alhamdulillah, in 2020, it was COVID, no one was doing anything, so alhamdulillah, I just kind of uh, did what I did, and alhamdulillah, Sumaya, she's now two and a half as well, and alhamdulillah, she's an amazing little chat box, she, she's, uh, again, daddy's little angel, do you know what I mean? So. <laughs> alhamdulillah, that's amazing. I want to come back to the point that you mentioned about um, picking up the whole social media stuff, uh, kind of once you had, you had uh, Sumaya. And uh, how how kind of where 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 that was coming from? You said it was COVID, but there there may have been some sort of other um, uh, factors that were pushing you towards that direction. So I want to go. I want to come to that. But first of all, I just want to explore a little bit about the dynamic that you have. So you have one boy and you have one girl. Um, how how is that going with you? I love it, bro. I absolutely love it. Alhamdulillah. Like as in for me. Um, it's it's nice, bro. Wallahi, you know what I mean, bro. I, I I'm blessed, bro, by Allah subhanahu wa taala. The fact that I have a boy and a girl, you know what I mean. A lot yeah. of people they have loads of boys, loads of girls. A lot of people don't have anything. So, I'm anything anything more than as Allah. I heard someone say anything more than a heartbeat is a blessing, bro. So you know what I mean. And even a heartbeat is a blessing, man. So I'm just I'm very happy, bro. There's there's absolutely nothing I could say that that I would change. I would never change anything. I love, I love it. I love my kids. I love how they are. You know, it's Allah. It's just. I I don't I don't know what I've done to deserve this, bro. So Alhamdulillah, when I think of my kids, they get a little bit emotional because it's like, you know what I mean, man. Like you know, they they are a part of you, and uh, it's the dynamics lovely. You know, uh, they they're both very good kids, and Alhamdulillah, man. Like I think for me, it's just uh, a thing of just riding riding the kind of cloud right now, man. You know, they're young. You get to play with them. You get to chuck them around. You know, they come like literally. I work from home, so they just come into the room. And they'll chat with me for a bit. They'll like give me give me their like toys or whatever, etc. I'll play with them for like five minutes and then off they go. 
You know, so it's really nice, man. Alhamdulillah. So have you, you said uh, when um, uh, your son, when he was born, um, you were working in uh, Radiant Drops, working from home. So have you always had like work from home jobs? Has always been yeah. for you? Since 2017, I've been working from home. Okay. And you think that's, has that played, you mentioned it played an advantage to, to your fatherhood and your time with your children, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I say this to my wife sometimes. Sometimes she says, you know, when we have an argument, she says like, I wish you would just like go to a nine to five job. <laughs> I say, listen, if I go to a nine to five job, there'd be too much pressure on me when I come home, you know? And I, and some of my friends, they get home at seven thirty, eight o'clock. They only have half an hour to spend with their kids. Yeah. And so then I'm thinking to myself, like, subhanAllah, like, you know, on aggregate, I spend more time with my kids than most fathers do because my kids are at home. Obviously, the summer, the summer holidays were at home. Adam's now in reception. But like most of the time, they're at home. They pop in, they pop out. It's really nice like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. I can lock the door when I want to when I want to work, when I want to kind of like I'm in the zone. Uh, I, can, I need to do what I need to do. But most of the time, bro, alhamdulillah, it's, it's wicked, man, because, you know, they're at, they're at home. I get to spend time with them. That dynamic's amazing, bro. Ever since even with Radiant Drops working from home at that time then, to now it's um it's been great bro i'll be honest with you man it's been great man wallahi like you know i wouldn't change it man i, I can't work 95 anyway man I just, that's not the type of guy to work 95, <laughs> but, but 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 alhamdulillah it's been it's been a big blessing man. alhamdulillah that's really good i mean yeah i i was I, I was working from home uh quite a bit when my son was born like the nature of the jobs i had to be in the office sometimes and i had to be at home sometimes and definitely it was you know such a big advantage when you're able to sort of you know just take you know, if you want to take a break from work, you can go see them. You can go take them out, take them for a walk or something. They can come back straight, straight to your walk, uh, straight to your work. And then, especially during kind of COVID times, um, when uh, my so I have a similar situation to you. I've got an Isa who was uh, uh, born in twenty eighteen. Yes, and then I have uh, I have a uh, Sarah that was born in twenty twenty. So quite a similar age gap and uh, same situation, and uh, yeah. You know, because of COVID, working from home and stuff, I was able to be there for the birth and sort of be there during kind of even after the whole paternity leave that you get, which is only about, well, I can't remember, I think about six weeks. Um, You know, you, you I kind of, I'm still available because I'm just working from home. So it's definitely does play to an advantage. But I had one brother saying that um, for the child psychology, it might actually be to uh, the child's advantage to see their father leave the house and then come back to know that their father goes out to earn and provide and then and then returns what, what's your thoughts on that yeah man i i heard subhanallah i heard something like that today i can't remember where i saw it or where i heard it but yeah i i mean yes i know i i, I don't know i don't know yani like the whole concept of working from home is a very new phenomenon yeah and this kind of leads on to some of the other things i want to talk about but is there enough data to say suggest when the child's 20? I mean, like, do you get it? Like, it's just a lot of these studies, they're nice, but in essence, you know, uh, there's so many moving parts yeah, that yeah. you can't pinpoint and say, you know what I mean? A lot of the time studies are done for the sake of studies, man. So. True, but, true. But yeah, like, as, but as in, I, I, the way I see it is the whole phenomenon of working from home is, uh, you know, look, if, if the dad's not providing, then that's different, isn't it? But if the dad's providing and the son knows that, and the child knows that, then yeah. I do see where, where, it's, where they're coming from, though, in the sense that a son should have this this essence of, like, okay, understanding, okay, you know what I mean? Like, there is this graph that has to happen. There is this, you know what I mean, this work. But, alhamdulillah, the, the, the thing with me is that when I'm video editing, when I'm content creating, when I'm doing stuff for Criterion or doing stuff for my own businesses, 
I'd lock the door and I'd say, Daddy's working now. And yeah. it's like kind of, and they kind of get it. You get it? They yeah, know, yeah. Like, okay, cool, no, no, not going to disturb him now. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I like that point that you, you said about the data uh, because we, you can't really uh, sort of rely upon very immediate experiments and studies um, to, 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 to base how your children may turn out into the, in the future. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it's quite a big point, subhanAllah. Uh, why don't we go into that a bit more? So you said that, you know, that's something that you wanted to bring up and you want to sort of ex- explore that a little bit. What What is it that makes you passionate about that point? Well, I think, I think what I wanted to kind of speak about is I feel that a lot of... Uh, okay, cool. So there's a couple of things. The first thing is that we're living in a different age now. Even 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 ten years ago, things are different. We're at a point now where, from a moral perspective, you can't get any worse in terms of fahsha, in terms of evil, in terms of what's happening. Yeah, it can get worse. Let's be honest, it can get worse. Yeah. But we're at like we're at like you know we're we're near the top of the hill basically. The only pl- so like we've climbed this steep climb of immorality. We're about here. Yeah, you'll go up a little bit, but it's not going to be drastic the way it was over the last 10, 15 years. Do you mm-hmm. get it? Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, like Notting Hill, Notting Hill Carnival. Like, if you look at something like so similar, like that, fifteen years ago, everyone was pretty much covered up, mm. and now, like, it's just it's just crazy. Like, they weren't fully covered up, but there was respect there. This one was just nuts. Like, I saw videos and pictures of some people I've got on Snapchat. Like, it's just ridiculous, right? Anyway, so the point being is, is that we are living in new times right now, right? Now, in these new times, I find that there are a lot of people that are basically doing a lot of knee-jerk reaction when it comes to parenting and they em- they are emphasizing something that doesn't need to be emphasized as much and that is the preteen age mm. like they sit they, they, they emphasize they're like we have to protect them from the from the lgbtq we have to homeschool we have we can't do- it's like they're just so like you know in, in a frenzy where it's just like oh my god oh my god my child needs to be protected we got to be homeschooling we got to be doing this we got to be doing that okay i get that I get that. I understand that. And definitely there's plus points and benefits to that. 100%. But I feel that everyone's missing a big trick. And I say this with because of I've been working with young people over the past 12 years of my life. Yeah, And that is that when, when it comes to the age of 13 to the age of 18, those are the prime years of a, or, you know, of, of, of a teenager, of a person's life. Mm. Where they are the most impressionable. We focus so much on pre-13. That what ends up happening is that when they come to 13. You know. They're now searching for identity. A person. A, a, a person when he's up until the age of 13, 14. They don't care about identity. They don't care about association. They don't care about how P others perceive them. That's when. For example. Hair gels. A study was done on hair gels. Hair gels are sold mostly, what, to teenagers. Interesting. Mm. Why? Uh, why not kids the age of 10 and 11? Why are they not your ideal consumer? It's done to teenagers. Why? Because for them, that's when they start to basically create identity, create an image, create a perception that the world has to see, sees them through, right? Right. So, with that being said, it's, it, it's in that age where... They need the most amount of help. They need the most amount of steering, the most amount of direction. But here's the biggest problem. As a father, as a mother, as a parent, there's very little you can do there. 
and I'll explain why. There has to be a level of understanding and conceding to the fact that you will no longer have that level of control and influence at that age. The problem that happens is parents feel and believe that they will have influence over the child yeah. at, from the age of 14 up and older. And wallahi, this is the biggest thing that I'm seeing. Like, parents come... Which age group of parents come to be the most? 13, 14, 13, 14, 13, 14, 15. They all like, Shweb, listen, my son, my son, my son. I'm like, bro, your son's a grammar school student. He's grown up in the madrasa. He's middle middle class student, you know, with, with like, you know, no hardships in his life. Going on two holidays a year. Like, subhanAllah, like, you know, with good tarbiyah, good manners. Why is he acting like a road man in a grammar school? Why is he on Snapchat, like, you know, doing stupid things? Why is he hiding things from his parents now? And this is a common recurring theme. And because I live in the same community, I have a good set of data, a good set of like mm. constants sure, that sure, I can, sure. that I can, that I can see. Like, okay, cool. Like, I, I'm seeing trends, right? And I can because because I'm not here there and everywhere. I can kind of just focus on this one community and one area and just look at what's actually happening, right? So, in this age, bro, what ends up happening is that this is the most important age where you have to make sure that your child's friends are good practicing people who have a spirit and love for the deen. If you, if you, if you, you can homeschool them as much as you like, and I'll give this example. I've seen kids who have been homeschooled that have become transgender. And I've seen kids that have gone to a state school and that are now at Medina University. Hmm. And, and, and the reason being, bro, is because identity is created in that age. And that is when you need to just basically just like get so clued on and you need to be involved from not from a active perspective, from a very passive perspective. You need to be involved as a father with the youngsters in your community. So when you go out with these youngsters, your children come with you and they automatically find an allegiance, an association, an affinity, a partnership, a kind of identity, a group that they can fit into. If you don't do that, if you don't have that, then ultimately speaking, you're going to leave it to yourself to influence them. And trust me, by the time they're 15, 16 and they're seeing other people, dad's no longer cool. He's a bit of a weirdo. He's mm. a bit like this. He's a bit like that. And that's when parents have the biggest problems with their children. It's at the, it's the teen age. And I feel this is something that in the West we're, we're discovering a lot more. Because in the West, your children get taken away from you a lot more in terms of societal pressure than in the East. So therefore, I feel that that is something that we should be focusing on 10 times more than homeschooling or preteen and GCS, uh, a le- uh, sorry, 11 plus. And all. This is this is the most important part at the age of 13. Okay, so let me come back to you on that. People will say that, okay, look, the tarbiyah of a child is starts from a very, very young age. If we just look at, for example, psychological studies, it says that between the ages of zero to three, that's where the, uh, the child develops you know, most of its kind of uh, brain activity and the, the way that the brain is going to mold and, and that's going to maybe predict some of their personality behaviors uh, over the, you know, over the rest of their lifetime. And so the types of relationships that they have and the types of things that they're exposed to at the very sort of infant years uh, can have a lifelong impact. Then you also have, you know, when they're a child, um, their sort of best friend or uh, they're sort of the the people that have the most influence over them is going to be their parents and so when you when you uh when you couple those things together that the early years are very important 
and that the parents are seen to be in like this sort of superhero level light in the child's mind. Therefore, you want to take care as much as you can of those younger years so that you can instill as many habits into them, that you can uh, develop in the, in the way that you want. And the, 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 the hope is that if you focus on those early years, that the teenage years, although will still be difficult, will maybe be uh, better because maybe you have already set certain foundations in them that's going to help them over those years. What, what, would, what would you say to that? I, I fully agree. I fully, fully, fully 100% agree. I, there's nothing I'd take away from that because in my opinion, that is essential. And you can't just be neglectful in it. You get what I'm saying? Like, and then you have to have foundation. You have to have a level of grounding. You have to create a base for them. My And I, I agree with everything you said. My point being is that when it comes to emphasis, that's where I'm... When it comes to emphasis and, 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 and detailed care, I feel that it's more important later years than it is earlier years, but that's not taking away from the fact that what you, everything you said was 100% correct mm. in the sense that, you know, I mean, we have to kind of make sure that in those early years, we are giving them foundation, giving them tarbiyah, teaching them, you know, the mannerism, the habits, etc., Quran, all these sort of things. And uh, with that, I definitely feel that th- it's important. I mean, but I think, I think that the, the point that parents are making when they say that, you know, we need to homeschool, we need to shield them from this and that is because they feel like, part and parcel of that basic tarbiyah and basic upbringing is protecting them from those things. And and the best way to do, to instill those manners and to instill that Islamic knowledge or that love for Islam is by keeping them at home or is by making sure that they're not exposed to X, Y, and Z. So, so I, I live in Wickham, which has one of the most well-known homeschooling communities in the UK. Yeah. From a Muslim perspective, yeah. yeah, and I'm, I'm talking about massive clusters of homeschooling yeah. families. Like there, there's a lot, a lot in Wickham, a lot, and we have two of the best grammar schools in High Wickham as well, where kids from London send their send their, uh, children, uh, family, parents from London send their children to 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 Royal Gra- RGS and uh, Royal Grammar School and John Hampton as well. So, from that perspective, and, and the the crazy thing is, I get to speak to a lot of these youngsters who have been homeschooled. And I don't talk to them when they're 8, 9. I talk to them when they're 16, 17. Mm. The story is a lot different. And I'm not taking away from homeschooling. I'll probably do it myself. Mate, if, I, if I had the ability, I'll probably do it myself. Yeah. But all I'm saying is that, is that it's, not as, it's not as glamorous as you think. Mm. And it's not the fact... And, and obviously, Hidayah is in the hands of Allah. So yeah. But the thing is, is that, you know, it's a... Uh, Again, like as in the, I probably, again the way I see it is, is that look, your child's personality is your child's personality. I, if I'm honest with you, I'm very loud, dominant, and kind of like a bit extra, right? I don't care if my child is like me or is like his mother. My mother, his mother's a total opposite, absolute total opposite. My my, my wife is uh, is 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 the most kind of quiet shy person you'll ever meet in your life right mm-hmm. just say okay alhamdulillah yes no problem yes no problem like alhamdulillah she'll, she'll, she'll agree to pretty much everything but here's the thing I don't mind if he's like his mother or if he's like me just the fact that if he's like me he's got to manage it properly that's all right so that personality from the age of 0 to 3 I don't mind like I don't mind if he's a bit loud I don't mind if he's a bit quiet it's, it's not really a big thing to me I care more about the fact that when he's 13 how does he view Islam 
Does he want to pray? Does he want to mm. be on the deen? Mm. Does he want to do these things? I don't care if my child is a doctor. I don't care if he's a bin man. To me, it doesn't really matter. As long as he dies with shahada and sincere heart, believing in Allah and his messenger, alayhi salatu So for, for me, alhamdulillah, bro, like from that perspective, I, uh, I've taken a lot of pressure off myself in that right. sense, maybe, maybe deliberately. But, um, but those parents who want to do that extra, then alhamdulillah, by, by all means they should. I just feel it's more important that you be a good influence and you inspire rather than micromanaging, which a lot of parents do to their children from young. And then that leaves this kind of, uh, I don't know, I don't know it, it kind of leaves this, this, this bitter taste, bittersweet taste of the child's kind of psyche when they're older about their parents. Only when they're 26, 27, 28, they'll appreciate it because they're older. They've got, they got their own families mm-hmm. now. But when they when they turn from the age of 13 to like 18, 19, they have a little bit of resentment for their parents and the fact that they are straightjacketing them a bit too much. Yeah. Like me, I've, I've never told my son to ever pray with me, ever. I've never said, let's go pray. Because I just pray. And if he wants to come and pray, alhamdulillah, that's absolutely fine. I don't want him to associate negative, like, you know what I mean, feelings with the salah. Yeah. Like today I prayed and he just watched me, he didn't pray. But there's other times that he'd come and he'd like, you know, put his like prayer mat down and he'll pray and stuff like that. So I feel that if you do it like that, number one, you take a lot of pressure off yourself. And number two, you store all that pressure for when he turns a little bit older. <laughs> and that's where you can actually really focus in on it. <laughs> okay, 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 alhamdulillah. Very, very, very unorthodox. I know, very unorthodox, mm. bro. But this is my perspective anyway. Okay. Where do you think that um feeling of pressure comes from where does that expectation to really focus on those younger years and kind of get all of that stuff perfect comes from i mean my 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 theory is which is why i call this sort of social media parenting is i see that a lot of these pressures are coming from the age of the parent the our generation of being parents now that we're, we're sort of in the in the 20s getting to our 30s and uh, we've sort of we're we're acclimatized to social media we didn't grow up with it but now we are using it with our platforms and we turn to it for a lot of our communication and also for a lot of our knowledge whether it's islamic knowledge or otherwise and i feel like previously traditionally parenting was done through the family done through um looking at how the mothers and fathers elder than you your own mothers your own fathers your uncles your aunties your grandparents what they did the techniques they had the lullabies that they used the discipline techniques that they used um you know the the, the meals that they that they made uh the bedtime routines whatever it was you'd learn from that and it was sort of passed down through tradition and now a lot of that is actually being taught through social media so you'd you'd go on you'd follow all these mom accounts these dad accounts and you'd start to take advice from there and implement that into your life and there's a lot of goodness in that because you're now exposed to a breadth of information cross-culturally so you can make a better informed choice of what you feel like you should do. But at the same time, it can now put on the pressure for you to imitate things so that it has that social media image to it. The same way that you're saying that um, hair gel was marketed towards teenagers is because there was that sort of image that they wanted to associate with themselves that they were seeing on tv or the billboards or whatever on the social media so similarly when it comes to parents maybe parents want to be seen in a way in which is acceptable or by other sort of social media parenting 
Well, what's your what's your thoughts on? Do you, do you agree with that theory? I'm I'm yeah. So so I I'm not involved with the the kind of parenting community. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't and I don't intend to because I because I'd probably annoy a lot of them, <laughs> right? Um, and and that's that's because I'm a very relaxed father, very extremely relaxed. And and I say that I say that I'm relaxed is because I've worked with, like I said I, I've worked with young people actively for the past twelve years, so I know their psyche inside out. Like bro, I know all the triggers for these young people, mm. especially growing up in the UK. Right. And so 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 I I feel that there is an unnecessary amount of pressure when it comes to the whole social media thing, right? And parents and the whole social media parenting community, cool man. Like I mean, I mean everyone wants to keep up, isn't it? You know what I mean? Everyone wants to keep up. That's just naturally... That's a different problem. And that is a problem of kind of just like having... A, 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 like putting a perceived image of how, you know, you want your community to view you. Because you place value on the opinion of other people, you're going to basically try and, you know, do certain things and do parenting techniques and maybe upload certain things so that other people can view you in a certain way, you know? And this is not just for parenting. You'll find this with business people. You'll yes. find this with... You know, you'll find this with other people. The reality is, is that a lot of the times, do you think the do you thing think that that's you... what's that's what's making them want to implement some of these things that you're you're saying is it's not totally necessary. Like the, putting the pressure on yourself to do the homeschooling or putting your the pressure on yourself to really drill into your child's personality in those young years. You're saying it's important, but it's not necessary to put so much pressure. Do you think that pressure is coming from people looking at bro, others? Bro, I th- yo yeah um. Yes, I know. Yes, okay. I know. Uh, I, I, but I do definitely feel social media has had a big impact on kind of parenting. Because yeah. sometimes my wife does go down that route a little bit as well. Right. Like, cause she 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 sends me like you know you know women do they just like send you like stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like check this out. Look, they kind of like indirectly <laughs> like saying like, you know what I mean. So so she sends me a lot of a lot of stuff, a lot of social media like influencers and their parenting techniques and tips and stuff like that. So I get a lot of that right from my wife. Mm-hmm. Um. And I agree with some of that and I don't agree. We've learned a lot, like different types of arts and craft and all these sort of things. Like, subhanAllah, it's lovely, man. You know what I mean? Well, my wife, like, she, like, you know, she has access to my Amazon account. So she'll, like, you know, she'll order stuff. She'll order, like, you know, uh, <laughs> like aprons and paint and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm, like, seeing that like, money come my account. I'm, like, what the hell is this, man? Like, so many things. What is this? And then I click on my Amazon. I'm, like, oh, it's all these arts and crafts. So I let her do it. It's not a problem. Right, but then there's that obviously side of just generally, like as in, you know, you find a lot, a lot of the times when someone's an expert in a field, you know, yeah. they 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 will portray a lot of knowledge. They, they'll give you a lot of stuff for free. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. And then and then maybe in the background they might want to sell you a book or a course, or they might want to sell mm, you mm. a program or whatever, etc. And it's cool, it's not a problem. But but the point being is that it's important to just be aware of these things as well. Like at the same time, like you know, if you're if you're a bro, look as in. Fitness trainers, fitness yeah. trainers, for example, yeah, like they realize that you can exploit a market on social media now, like as and that's why you'll you'll come up as a trainer, you'll start editing your videos in certain ways, you start adding certain things because you position yourself as an expert. Once you position yourself as an expert in any industry, you know now people take from you and they they, they see you as the the sheikh in this yeah. specific kind of you know uh, community. And therefore, then you can sell courses, then you can sell programs, then you can sell personal training, then you can sell whatever you want. And I feel that's where there's a lot of pressure. Like, you know, you'll find a lot of mamas and, you know, like sisters and even brothers, like, you know, 
you'll find that and that's not not, not an issue but I just feel there's a lot of competition there and and, and everyone's got tips and techniques and the, the yes. child is like the dummy he's like what right. the hell is going on right, like you know right, what I mean right. so okay and so and, and, and so you think that instead of trying to pull in this and pull in that and focus on this and focus on that your approach is a relaxed approach so it's to you what does what does relaxed mean because I, I know that you're not saying that means uh, I'm not involved in my child's life. It doesn't matter how they grow up. You, you're obviously not saying that. But so, so what do you? How do you define relax? Because you know you're gonna offend, like you said, some of these parenting people. <laughs> uh, when I say relax, bro, I mean that you know. So when it comes to like associating trauma, right? As in, my son, he cries when I don't take him to the masjid. Okay. Right. Because sometimes I just don't want to take him. Like sometimes it's a bit like, long, isn't it? Car seat, car, car seat, seat belt. You know what I mean, Daddy? You're halfway through your salat, Daddy. I need a toilet. I'm like, bro, like, do you know what I mean? So, so okay, cool. So sometimes I'll take him. Sometimes I won't take him. But I'll never force him. I don't say, I, right, Adam, we're going to the masjid now. We have so many activities for youngsters in our masjid, right? Yeah. We have this thing called SMB Saturday Night Buzz. So it's for the last Saturday of every every month. All the young kids go there, 8 to 14. He's a lot younger, right? He's like half yeah, your age, yeah. right? But bro, he loves it. We have these motives in the in the park. We have like a big, big event of 100 youngsters. Yeah. Aged from 14 plus. Big campfire. We have like wrestling. We have like football. We have loads of different things. We have pizza, food. He loves it. He, I'll take him to those. Because he just enjoys being around his dad's friends. Right. And and here's what I've done. So this is my strategy, right? Very unorthodox, but I've, I, inshallah, inshallah, this will work, right? Most of the people I hang out with are about seven to eight years younger than me. Like most of my close friends, right, are seven to eight years younger than me. Because those are the guys in my community who are leading the da'wah, mm. who are pushing the projects, who are working hard. And then you'll also find me chilling with 13, 14, 15 year olds. Mm -hmm. Like actually chilling with them. Yeah. Like tonight, bro, we're having a little get together at my house. I've got a 12 year old coming. I've got a 13 year old coming. He's like, I call him bro. Yeah. Like, do you get it? Like, yeah. now why do I do that? Because I want them to see my passion and desire and my unrelenting willingness to progress and push Islam and my kind of zeal for the deen and the boundaries I have set for myself and the other brothers around us. And then I want him to be influenced by that. So guess what? He can then influence someone else who's a little bit younger than him, who will eventually influence my son. Yeah. And that's why the ethos of progressive da'wah, of kind of constantly touching lives down their ages, is so important. Mm. So that's why I've been relaxed with my son. I will give him a good education, we'll do private tutoring, we'll make sure he reads you know, the Quran, we'll make sure that you know he's clued on when it comes to these sort of things. But when it comes to his passion, but you can force Islam... And teach Islam to your child for a long time. Yes. But once he's 13, 14, 15, bro, it's either he wants to do it or he doesn't want to do it. Yes, yes. And the fact is, is that you we should focus more on how can we make him want to do it mm. rather than micromanaging from such a young age. And you've micromanaged to such a such a like point where now he he anyone who associates with you, he associates with negative trauma of being forced and being pressured. Because he's got the freedom and the luxury and the banter and the jokes of his classmates. Mm. And that's a problem. That's very, very interesting. Because mm. you're, you're on one side where it's like, oh, religion, Islam, deen. Oh. And then I've got, oh my God, like, you know what I mean? Fortnite, fun, games. <laughs> and like, 
and 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 then he and then he's in this mind map. And then imagine if he's got Snapchat or TikTok or whatever. Imagine if you tell him you can't have any of these apps, and then all of a sudden all his friends have them. Bro, like that's a disaster. That yeah. is an absolute disaster. And wallahi, every single time I've seen this happen, it does not end well, bro. The fact of the matter is, is that in my own community, yeah, and I, wallahi, I, like I'm probably gonna get outed here a little, little bit, like you know, people would know who I'm talking about, yeah. If they're watching this, I'm also do watch it, right? <laughs> I see them check my story, <laughs> right? So, so, so basically, I have seen in my own community elders in our masjid. Most of their kids went to grammar schools. Achi, they're all either smoking weed, got girlfriends. These were kids who went to scouts. These were kids who went to the madrasa. These were kids who were like their parents were broke. Wallahi, you cannot be a more involved father. To these kids were football training football like archery karate like bro like it was a full thing bro there's me and my brothers when like you know we're like miskeen from like the the ghetto end of wickham right <laughs> we're going to wise and we're chilling with these guys they're like oh we're going karate we're going archery we're going swimming we're going and we're just like cool we're chilling here man i don't know like what the hell yeah so Hala, most of them now not practicing most of them now disappointing the parents most of them now just like and why is that, bro? It's because you did not focus on the crucial age. You micromanage from such a young age. And what ends up happening is now they've got TikTok, they've got Snapchat, they've got Instagram. Bro, like, you know what I mean? Like, they've got so much freedom of evil at the disposal. And you try to basically, you know, direct them in a certain way, but they didn't want that. So that's why. Don't push it. Don't force mm-hmm. it. In my opinion, that's how I see it. Once they get to 12, 13, 14, You've already got youngsters who they are influenced by. Cool. That's their job now. That's yes. their circle. Yeah. That's the, that's their environment. They're going to mix with them. They're going to associate with them. They're going to chill with them. Yeah, that's, 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 I think that's very, very important. Surrounding yourself, your children with, with older people. Um, I think that kind of, I, like I've mentioned this before that, you know, because I didn't grow up with my father, there weren't very many situations where I was, uh, put in put in contact with elder men because obviously if you if, if your father he invites his friends around or he takes you to uh, his friend's house or there's like a family gathering you're gonna go sit on the men's side but for me it was more it was always going to the to the girl's side and the women's side when i'm younger you know um there was there, there wasn't any sort of men coming to the house apart from maybe my uncles um so because of that I didn't really get the experience of sitting down and learning how to behave in that sort of manly environment. And when I got into career and work and I was forced to work with people double my age, you know, um, it kind of, I had to like learn very quickly. How do you, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you sort of interact and, and, and do those kind of things? And I found that it, you know, what I was missing, it was so kind of fulfilling to be in that environment while I was, when I was with men who are much older than me. And so I actually started make most of my friends, apart from my very, very close circle of like three, four guys who I've known since sort of secondary school. Um, apart from them, most of the friends that I have and, and you know, people that I speak to are much older than me. Uh, and I think that really helped in terms of my maturity that really helped me making my decision to get married, to become a father quite young or to do a bunch of different things. And so I'd always want for my son to make sure that he has access to elder kids and men in his life 
um, uh, you know, from a, from an early age as possible. And what I do is, you know, I just I just try to make sure that if if I invite my friends over, that my son is there, even my daughter is there, and they get to interact with them and see see this. And even if they're not they're not you know speaking to them, maybe they're being a bit shy, but they get to see that my dad and his friends they sit down, they talk about Allah, they pray together, they eat together, and they grow up knowing all of that kind of stuff. It kind of gives them this sort of uh, strong understanding of how one should behave you know and how one should what 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 is one's manners and what is important in in your life as well um because if if whenever your friends come over you have a choice of either just to chill out and talk about anything or you have a chance to remind each other about the next life and the akhirah and whatnot and obviously you can still have banter but at least the children get to see you know these are the types of conversations these are the types of ways uh that that they behave and rather than them learning uh, kind of mannerisms from people their own age, where people their own age still need to learn more manners. This is it. This is it. This, this is the most important thing, bro. And wallahi, everything you said there, I agree 100% fully with you, bro. Because I, especially the point at the end, bro, you made that. They, if they learn mannerisms from people their own age... Bro, I would go to the masjid for Dhuhr, yeah, sometimes, and the madrasa kids, as soon as it's like, book shuts, oh, Xbox, Xbox, Fortnite, Fortnite, Xbox, Xbox, like, that's all they talk, because that's their peers, bro. Yes. That's their peers. They need positive influence from brothers who are two, one or two years, a little bit older, two, three years, even maybe older than that, bro, who tell them like, subhanAllah, like, you know, who actually want to memorize Quran. There's a difference between those like just let's just look at Quran for example. Yeah, just just Quran. Nice simple example. Yeah, there are those that are forced to memorize Quran, and there are those that want to memorize Quran. There are those that won't do it unless their parents tell them, and there are that will do it regardless if their parents want them to do it or not. And you want your child to be inspired and attached to those brothers who want to do it willingly, who are actively seeking to do it themselves, and not the ones. Who are in the masjid because their parents are doing it. I would go as far as even saying that it's better not to surround your kids with like-minded madrasa kids. Because it may be a case that they will influence them in a negative way. Because you have approved their influence for your child. By sending them to the same class. So I say it's a bit crazy bro. But I would rather my son not go to a madrasa with other kids who are being forced to go there. And I would rather my son, you know, just come and chill in a casual gathering at someone's yard, for example. Yeah, where they just talk about Islam and talk about Deen and he's 12, 13, 14 at that time. And he just comes and bro, every time we chill, we always make it a vibe. Like either we're playing some nasheeds, we're having yeah. some pizza, we're chilling out. And then we got brothers from different ages. Today, today, bro, at my house here, yeah? oh, at 12, 13 brothers coming. Yeah. Uh, I've got this young kid who's 12, he's 13 years old, his name's Adam, the same, same name as my son, he's a Moroccan kid, right, and he comes and every time he's there, my son Adam sits in his lap, <laughs> Mashallah. like bro, he just chills with him, like they just chill with each other, do you get it bro, yeah. Adam wants to learn filmmaking, so I'm like, ah oh, cool Adam, like you know, we'll, we'll get into it, and he's bugging me about it, etc, <laughs> and he doesn't call me uncle, he calls me like brother Shoaib, right, and I like that, I like the fact that I, I'm chilling with a 13-year-old. I'm 28, bro. Yeah. I'm, hang, I'm hanging out with a 13-year-old. Mm-hmm. Why? 
because it's about thinking 10, 20 years into the future, bro. Not just being focused on you. what ends up happening, bro. We make four or five friends in the masjid. We know a few mates from uni. We get comfortable with our circle of friends, but we forget about the bigger picture. And then we forget about the, the, the project of that for the future. And I find that's why this is a big blessing living in Wickham where you have a contained community. Everyone knows everyone, etc. You know what I mean? Like, it's good and bad, bro. One guy farts in one end of Wickham, someone smells it in the other five seconds. Right? It's good and it's bad in that sense, but it's good in the sense that everyone knows each other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, genuinely, genuinely speaking, bro, like, Alhamdulillah, I, 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 going back to the whole overarching questions, yeah. yes, I believe that passive parenting is a lot better than active parenting from a young age. Hmm. Oh, in terms of, it comes to education, it's a little bit different. I, I think education, you've got to be a little bit more active. Yeah. Like education, you, you have to be a little bit more, uh, like, a little bit more assertive. Focused, yeah. You know? Yeah, a little more assertive. You gotta push them in that direction mm. because, the, because they're not gonna grow up thirteen and like you know just chill with the geeks. Like that's just not it's it's not it's not a thing for them. Like as in you, like they're not gonna find youngsters who want to study like them. Do you know? Do you get it? So you have to push them in that direction. When it comes to the dean, if you have got that environment there, alhamdulillah, definitely, man, put, put, push for it, man. Like you know, what I mean, like get them to chill with other youngsters. But from a young age, micromanaging the dean, their religion. I'm not for it, bro. I feel that, I, and that's just my personal opinion. I do feel very strongly about it as well. But yeah, I may be wrong, bro. But you know what I mean? That's how I see things. Okay, alhamdulillah. Uh, I want to go back to that topic I said that I, would ex- I wanted to explore with you. So you, you said that prior to 2020, was it, that you were never sort of somebody who wanted to be on social media, um, probably for various reasons, just not having a face out there, don't see the benefit in it. Uh, probably, you know, social media has got all of these sort of ills. Um, but now COVID comes along, you're chilling at home and you get this buzz to start doing filmmaking, media work and all that kind of stuff. Just tell me, tell me how that sort of birthed and I'll come, I'll relate this back to your, your parenting, inshallah. Perfect. Perfect. So, so, okay. So obviously we've been doing a lot of that with the youngsters and in 2019, summer of 2019, we did six events in the park, massive events. And we had over a hundred people turn up to all these events and it was mainly for non-practicing people and the reason why we did these events and they were so successful is because we had certain members of the community certain young brothers right they started practicing the deen and these guys were young they were good looking they were cool they were well known amongst the non-practicing youngsters like they were popular very popular kids like i'm talking about 18 19 20 year olds right they started coming and practicing upon the sunnah and they like started taking it kind of you know forward and then what ended up happening is that is that these brothers they started helping us progress the dawah we started going from one event to another event to another event we had over 650 like people on aggregate like you know so 700 over 700 people come to all of these events so we discovered a new way to give dawah it's these massive events we used to have water fights in the park massive barbecues Bro, like we're, we're being creative. We would have meetings like every other week just thinking about creative ideas on how we can get non-practicing people into an Islamic environment. How can we get someone from minus five to plus one? That's the aim, right? So that creativity was just going. We were having meetings. We were having discussions. We were bouncing off each other. It was wicked. Okay. Now, we were so gassed for 2020 summer. Like honestly, all the boys were just like so hyped. We were like, oh my God, we cannot wait for 2020 summer, 2020 summer, all the events, all the motives, everything. Bro, like literally we would just be, it's like, it's, it's like them ones, yeah. We were just like, 
<sighs> looking at each other like summer 2020. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah it's yeah. one of them ones, isn't yeah, it? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, imagine you you inflated this big balloon here, yeah, and someone just comes, and, <laughs> right? And <laughs> like it just like you just gone, deflated, bro. Wallahi, it took me a month and a half to just like get my bearings back again. Yeah. I did not know whether I was coming or going. What was happening to me? Am I, am I, what am I doing? Do I want to start a business? Do I want to pick up a camera? What do I want to do? Should I get a haircut or not? I don't know. No one's <laughs> going to care, right? <laughs> bro, it was a bit crazy. So obviously for me, like, bro, like I was just thinking like, what's going on, bro? I literally was at home, like going a bit crazy. Because for me, not being around the brothers, not doing events, actually this just like, it's not me, bro. I'm just going a bit mad. There was no classes, there was no masjid, there was nothing. We were meeting up, like, having secret secret gatherings in, like, flipping KFC, flipping drive through man, stuff like that. Like, it was, like, it, it, and it was just dead. Like, I was, like, it wasn't anything. Like, you know what I mean? We were trying to force a vibe, and it wasn't happening. Yeah. Anyway, so, I, 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 I tried a few businesses that I wanted to do. I tried doing a few other things. And then I said, hold on a minute. Let me make short films, because I want to, I want to bring people to the Dean. But I don't want to do it in a typical way where you just start, sit there in front of a camera and maybe, you know, do like a reaction video or like talk, like talking head. Like. So I said, let me start making some short films. And I was always a bit creative when it comes to writing and script writing and stuff like that. So I started doing that, bro. And lo and behold, six months later, we're making a film that's in cinemas. <laughs> so it, it and, and but, but the thing, it became an obsession for a, for a year and a half. When I mean obsession, I mean like, I would do nothing but this. And it got to a point, wallahi, where even the local brothers said, Shweb, like, you've changed, bro. You're changing, bruv. You're changing. Like, they saw my followers go from, like, 2,000 to, like, 17,000. Yeah, like, yeah. they're like, like, what's going on? Like, bro, like, you're getting a bit big, bro. Like, you're, you're right, bro. Like, and some, bro, I fell out with certain brothers as well. So I fell out with certain, bro, I'm not, I fell out with certain, like, 30 brothers who are, like, my ride or die kind of, like, dawa leaders. I fell out with them because they thought like, oh, he's doing his thing now, isn't it? Oh, he's chilling. He's chilling with the the camera crew. He's chilling with them now. Like, I was like, nah, man, that's not right, bro. That's Allah. And 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 that's why when two sides finished as a project, and we did all the cinema screenings and everything, it was all done, done and dusted, bro. Like, I was so relieved. I was so happy. You know what I mean? And it, that's why, like, we've been, alhamdulillah, we've been doing a lot of these events in the in the park and the, doing this these retreats and campfires and stuff like that recently. Because it was like I'm overcompensating a little bit. Yes, and even yes. now, like last week, last week we had like a big chill out with like 25 brothers in my garden. Now we're gonna do like another smaller gathering here in my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had we've had a lot of non-Muslims take their shahada. We're doing events in the park where like 15 non-Muslims are turning up to them, asking questions about Islam. I'm inviting them to my house. We're meeting up with them. bro. There's a lot of active stuff happening now just to overcompensate for the fact that I went online. Yeah, um, yeah. And and that's how it all started. Right. Sorry, but you asked another question. Why did I not do it beforehand? Actually, I, I didn't feel I, I had any kind of value to give to people and to talk about the deen. I don't, to this day, even even now, Wallahi, like, I'm just be honest, I don't really believe my opinion has any kind of weight. I feel that there are scholars and people of knowledge who actually deserved our time a lot more. Uh, and these are people who we should look up to. But I realized, look, like just Brocky, just I give you a very recent example. My okay. following in TikTok went from four, fourteen thousand to it's now at forty five thousand, something like that, within two weeks. Why? I just put out some content, some videos, bro. I just put out some videos, and I realized, Subhanallah, there are loads of young people who want to hear a fresh voice right. of 
someone who's got a bit of experience and how to make that transition from minus five to plus one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I'll, I'll always focus on that. I'll always focus on helping people discover their religion. And so that's why for me, bro, it's important that I do this mm. because I believe that as much as 95% of my dawah is, is, is in high wickham is on the ground, is with these people, what you don't see on camera. 5% will be online and that's just me taking clips out of these events and just putting it there. Yeah. And khalas, that's all it is. I can't mentor people online. I can't respond to questions. My, my, unfortunately, my, my inbox request is just full of people asking me questions. I can't do that because my time is dedicated for the people locally in my own town. Mm. I've got so many non-Muslims. I'm speaking to them now. So many non-practicing people that I'm talking to. I can't really dedicate that time there. Yeah. So online is, online is just a small face that people see of uh, for me to promote my films, for me to promote all my online projects, for me to promote my YouTube channel. That's all that is. It's nothing more than that. Uh, online is not a community. It's not my people. It's not the love of my... Bro, it's nothing. Online is just... Wallahi, my honest opinion is fake, bro. It's rubbish. Even me, bro. Even me putting an image out, bro. Subhanallah, like, you know, I make sure I look alright. Like, yeah, I get yeah. a trim. I make sure I'm not looking crappy. Bro, what is this, man? Even I'm affected by it. Yeah. So the yeah. reality is, is that that's why my personal projects when it comes to that are 95% on the ground. 95% with the with real people. Talking to real humans. Touching, feeling, smelling real actual human beings. <laughs> so, that, so, so, so that's why online is to promote my films, promote Criterion Studios, promote my YouTube channel and it's just to kind of have more influence over non-practicing people, helping touch their lives in a positive way, inshallah. Uh, and then ultimately once they start practicing, you, know, you want to ideally direct them to people of knowledge and scholars and kind of other institutes that there are there. But I'm not for that, bro. My job is to simply help you discover your religion and that's all I ever will be because I don't have the qualifications or the yeah. or the stripes to, t- to take you on that long journey. Do you get mm. what I'm saying? Yes, alhamdulillah. So, having sort of such a social media presence and um, putting your sort of creativity out there, do you think that it can potentially affect your parenting and your, your fatherhood later down the line? The reason why I say that is because this is something that I think about a lot. If I'm presenting myself on social media and I'm giving my opinions on maybe parenting or even if it's not my opinions, I'm bringing other people onto this podcast and they're sharing their opinions and I'm sort of driving all of that. And then my children are growing up and eventually they sort of stumble across my videos. They start watching it. My social media is there. It's available. And they sort of see, okay, this is how my dad used to think back then. Does he still think that way? Okay, maybe he thinks a bit differently. And in all of that, uh, I'm I'm using that time that could be spent with my children at the end of the day anyway. So if I wasn't on social media, maybe that hour or two that I spent doing this, I could have just been spending with them. Um, so I, I think about it a lot. There's obviously, I've just mentioned the negative. There's obviously a lot of positives as to why I do what I do. Um, but I wanted to get your thoughts on it because similar to me, you're in that social media space. You're there with a purpose to help people, to benefit people on a particular path towards the Dean, like you've just mentioned. I'm also uh, attempting to do that when it comes to, you know, trying to encourage Muslim men to be more involved in their children's lives and be, be better fathers. But I'm kind of also struggling with the balance of where, where does the fine line you know, lie and how, how does that now affect uh, how we bring up our children being in the limelight ourselves? Yeah, so I, I, I personally feel, so if you ask my wife, she'll, like, she'll, she'll, 
She'd be able to say say to you like, "Oh man, like the film, bro." When I say to my wife here, yeah, like, "I'm gonna make another film," he said, "Don't you dare, don't you dare." We, we never saw you for a year. I'm like, "What do you mean never saw me for a year, bro?" Like, I was in the front room. I'm here. I'm chilling. Like this. Do you know what I mean? But so so essentially, like as in, obviously, women, alhamdulillah, like naturally, they kind of like you know exaggerate things sometimes as well. But but I get where she's coming from. Yeah, it's the presence. It's the from. presence. Yeah, of course it is, bro. It's, it, it's are you are you in the room or are you present in the room? Exactly. That's what they say, exactly. right? You know what I mean? So, essentially, bro, what it comes down to is the fact that uh, I want to make sure that my dawah on the ground is including my children, including my child, bringing my child in with me, whereas my online presence is not given priority over other things. Right. And therefore, therefore, bro, you see, but therefore, that's why, like, my whole. Bro, I've been dormant on Instagram for flipping like a whole year and a, a year, bro. Like, I've done nothing whatsoever. It's only recently I started posting videos because a big project has just died down now. Sure. And so now, like, bro, Tuesday I took my kids to Legoland. Like, just now, like, you know, they come in and out. We have fun. You know what I mean? Like, as in... And and aside from that, a, a typical parents put a lot of pressure on themselves to be involved, like, fully, like, micromanaging. I don't do that. I'm here at home. Yes. So it's different for me. Maybe for other people, bro, managing it needs to be a case of if you feel that your social media presence is affecting your relationship with your children and the actual genuine conversations you're having with them, then you got to look at what you're doing. I don't think you should take away from social media. I think you should make your streamline, mm. include them, get them to help you set up your camera. Get them, I don't know, something like that. Involve them so then when the video does come out, they don't feel divorced from it. Yes. They feel a part of it. Yes. Bro, and I tell you the biggest example of this, bro. When we started out that one in 2012, yeah? One of the brothers today who is leading projects on his own, he's conducting meetings on his own. He's basically running a whole Datwa department. All I said to him was, I need help putting some chairs out for an event. Yeah? When I said that to him, I said, you're going to run a team of three brothers. They're going to come and join you to put the chairs out. He said, I may need a few more. He, did, he, did, he only needed one other person, right? But he's overthinking it because he's now given this job, right? <laughs> I may need a few more. So he brought his brother and his cousin as well. Right? I'm like, cool, five people put chairs out, great. Right? So basically, he put those chairs out and bro, he was at the back of the hall like this. <laughs> right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he, was like, he was like that. And subhanAllah, the reason that's crazy, bro, is because he felt a part of it. Yeah. And then the after party with the sheikh as well, where he had food and all that, yeah. he was there as well. Yeah. So he felt a part of the da'wah. Yeah. If your child feels divorced from what you're doing, mm. yeah, that's a problem, bro. Mm. So that's why, like, as in, teach him the names of, of your camera, your lenses, or whatever you're doing. You know, involve him, have him there, make him feel like something's part of him. Because children will want to feel a part of like something, you know what I mean? They want to feel like they're doing something. Sometimes children feel more fulfillment from just getting you your milk or your cereal or your spoon or going and picking something up for you. They should love that. They love to be useful. Make them like play into that psyche. Yeah. Utilize that. Go yeah. streamline. Don't go against the grain. Go streamline. Allow things to work in your favor and not against you, bro. That's my advice anyway. Okay, alhamdulillah. Zakla khair. I think that you know that was more of a selfish one. That was for me, bro. Zakla khair. But it, it's definitely it's definitely something uh, that everybody everybody can think about, uh, especially when it comes it comes to their um, the time that they spend with their children versus what they they're doing on social media, um, whether that's really being a benefit to them. Um, we'll come up to the hour mark. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to check 
through Instagram. I'm gonna see if there's any questions that have come through. You could do the same as well because I think. Bro, yeah, man. Let me just have a little scroll, bro. I did see some comments come up before. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think everyone's kind of left, but yeah, that's not a problem. I think hopefully they've enjoyed the conversation. Bro, this is it's so jarring, man. I'm trying to really scroll. What the? Yeah, it keeps go. It keeps scrolling back down, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Someone asked, "When are you going to give your child a phone?" Okay, interesting. Yeah. Uh, for I'll me. Probably, I'll, I'll, um. Yeah. Go on, go on. What about you? Yeah. Let, let's hear yours first, bro. Uh, I think I think you know I don't think there's a, there's any need for it up until an age where they're independently traveling. And so they need to communicate with me. And even at that point, I feel like one of those dumb phones is uh, better than giving them a smartphone. Uh, in terms of smartphone, I think that's when I feel like they're just kind of matured. They're, you know, they've become a young man, a young woman, and uh, they can make those decisions uh, based on what they should and should not be using. Yeah. Okay. Very, very good. I feel I want to understand and collect more data from youngsters mm. uh, I like how you're very data driven <laughs> you know what is bro you know what is you need to you need you to can... work with somebody who is actually like a data analyst and just give him all of your collated no, data but, but, because but I tell you what I tell you what because I want to see more youngsters grow up in this society and see the different changes that they go through and if you give someone a phone now what happens later if you give someone a phone later what I want to see that first mm. before I make a decision. I'm not sure yet, bro. I'm, bro, listen. I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert, and I can't pretend to be an expert. I can't pretend to say, "Oh, I've got all the answers," because I don't. Yeah, that's yeah, the reality. Of course. Of course. And, and I'm not. Well, one thing I don't want to ever do. I don't want to ever pretend like, "Oh, yeah, man, I'm some kind of like you know fathering parenting expert." <laughs> bro, like, I'm, I'm, bro, how you can't be an expert in these things, bro? So it's because because I, my child's four. What the hell? <laughs> I can't I can't be an expert. Alright. Yusuf Al Kaddu. Ah Yusuf. I had uh, there was uh, another is... question here that's uh, it was more of a comment that said that um homeschooling is amazing in terms of that, you know, you can instill a lot of values in your children, but the disadvantage is that once you let them out into the world, they don't understand or they don't have the protection uh to be able to harm uh, kind of fend themselves off. I get that, but I also have another way of looking at it is that if you do the homeschooling properly then you build that into it right like the the real world it's not actually school because if you send them to school what is school is you know eight till three uh surrounded by people of the same age the same uh location as you the same understanding of everything as you and then then you go into the real world and the real world is actually a mixture of loads of people competing against each other for this and for that and if during homeschooling you did it properly, you actually exposed them to the world of work, the world of going to the supermarket, the world of traveling here and going there, then actually they may be better prepared than those who go and and, and, and expose themselves uh, to whatever goes on in, in school. Yeah, I, I don't actually agree with that statement in the sense of like, if you homeschool them, they're not going to know how to do yeah. Oh, like I know some homeschool kids that are totally fine, mm-hmm. but they're amazing kids, amazing brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I don't think that's true. I don't think that holds weight. I, 
it's how you'd manage it. And if you do it properly, you can do, you can actually be very successful in it. So I think you're absolutely right, bro. Another question is, is being too concealing towards your children dangerous for when they become exposed? Now, this is a, this is an important question. If you do homeschooling wrong, I I think that that's very true. Mm. That when, when they become exposed to it, then they're like, yeah, man, big problems. But I feel like I want to have these open conversations with my child from the age of 10, 11, 12 mm. about TikTok, Snapchat. Insta- like, I want to have like these conversations like this is what's happening. So he doesn't feel that dad's not aware. Like, yeah. I want him to know that dad was, dad was the biggest liar when he was 13. <laughs> His own dad. Yeah, you get yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Man, 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 man had three phones, bro. When I was flipping, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, I got, I, I remember, I got a friend to get me a Sony Ericsson. <laughs> I got one of my girl, I got one of my girl, girlfriends to get me like a, a flipping, a, a, some other kind of, oh, a Samsung D five hundred. Yeah, and I, uh, and I took home the brick phone that my dad gave me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know what's crazy is like, subhanallah, like I know how to swerve in it. Like with your parents, yes. bro, yeah. and I see it from a mile away, bro. Like, you know, when other kids do it, I like, bro, I know what you're up to, bro, because <laughs> I was, I was a master at it, bro. I did it, all, I did it for, uh, bro. You gotta remember, my dad was like, my dad was like them typical strict deal bundy kind of like buggery like turban kind of like dads, bro. <laughs> like now he's chilled out in it, bro. Yeah, because that that phase don't really last too long. Yeah, of course. For some parents, yeah, who aren't like traditionally inclined like that, but. My dad, bro, bro, I'm telling you, like, he was strict, bro, strict, Hanafi, deal, Bundy, like, like, you know, trousers above the ankles, wherever you go, like, proper hardcore, yeah? Um, and bro, like, I, I, I just, I just prop, proper rebelled, proper rebelled, because it was very lazy. Mm. The worst thing you can do is give that strict harshness, and just that's it. Yeah. <laughs> bro, that's the worst thing you yeah. can ever do, bro. Be, if you're gonna do that, be extremely involved and do all these other things. If you don't have a community of that one and youngsters, then you have to look at homeschooling. There's other things. Like my, the stuff that I'm talking about is, it, it's, it doesn't apply to everyone, by the way, because what I'm talking about, bro, applies to a certain specific type of people who have the ability to have that environment, to have that kind of passionate young brothers who are practicing on the deen with the ethos and mindset of future, future that were down the generations. That's what it works for. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't work for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Other people, homeschooling may work. Mm, so, mm. again, these are just my opinions, man. Okay, interesting. You know, uh, you brought up your father and him being strict. Um, how h- how do you think uh, uh, the way that you were parented or the, the way that you were, you were brought up uh, has influenced the way that you parent now towards your children? It always will. Because the trauma that I have from getting slaps here... <laughs> From getting my from getting my kalkala not right yeah is uh, is always gonna is always gonna play with me bro you know what I mean bro like wallahi I remember I bro let me tell you some horror stories bro wallahi actually I knew but see see my dad yeah he was a lazy dad in it bro like, I'm just gonna be straight with you I love my dad me and my dad have a sick relationship right but 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 my dad was a lazy father lazy father bro yeah so. So he thought, you know, send them to the masjid. They'll go and learn there. Like it was one of them ones, but he was harsh. Right, I got beats, bro. I got, I got beats differently. Yeah. So I remember one time, bro, when my dad, you see, my, you know, you know, like you know, you gotta keep up with the, with like keep face with the community as well. My dad had like you know this, you know, the Deobandi community is like, you gotta show face. Yeah, you, gotta, yeah, you yeah, can't, yeah. you can't like, like if the Ustaji knows. 
that like you know your child is disobedient it's shame on the father yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. you get it you get it yeah so what ends up happening bro my dad uh, gets a call from my teacher he's like uh, brother sajid uh, we need you to come in today <laughs> right and then and then basically he goes in wallahi from there i know that's it i'm done yeah bro i'm telling you so so there's a and i i so my teacher grasped on me he said ah oh, he's doing this he's messing around he's he's chewing gum and he sticks it under the table and he's hangs, like <laughs> oh all the stupid 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 stuff yeah there's uh, so in our madrasa there was a flight of stairs i don't know i think 15 stairs yeah bro i'm telling you i got a backhand for each step <laughs> i was in the car my gum bro i lifted bro it's like it was like it was all all messed up and i was bleeding in the car bro yeah Uh, bro, I'm, I'm telling you, bro. Yeah, I was bleeding so bad in the car, bro. Yeah, and my dad, like, yeah, you know, I mean, when I went home, the only thing was, you ever gonna do that again? You ever gonna do that? Again? Are you ever gonna do that again? So, bro, like, uh, my my attachment with the masjid was just, dis- I hated it yeah, so much, so much. I, oh, bro, I, like, like, I hated it so so much, bro. And that's why, from the age of twelve to the age of sixteen, bro. Ah, yeah, I did. I did. I did more. I messed around more than what some of these eighteen, nineteen-year-olds are doing now, bro. Mm. I did more, more. I would say put here, more like messing around, <laughs> more like you know, evil than than, than a lot of these uh, you know boys in their teens now are doing, bro. Because wallahi, I fully rebelled, fully rebelled, like as and just went total opposite, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was going to the I was going to the worst school in the whole town. So that says a lot, bro. You know what I mean? Expulsion, suspension. You know what I mean? Like just, just basically detention after detention after yeah, detention. Yeah, that was just normal. Getting into fights. That was just getting into fights, getting into problems. You know what I mean? But messing around with girls, doing stupid stuff, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the thing is, bro, is that you know, I learned from that, bro. And and I feel that helped me. But right now, I'm not gonna do the same for my child, bro. I actually, I'm gonna be forcing him into you know doing stuff that. That, like that he may resent later on bro yes. i want to bring him into a positive environment of other people he can look up to that i don't have to do that work then so that's my kind of tips on how i now perceive the reason i'm more softer on my son and more involved is because my father wasn't involved and my father was harsh and because of that you know it's just uh, yeah man it's 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 I guess that's what you do as a child, isn't it? As as a parent, sorry. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to give your children the the, the trauma and problems that you went through. You know what I mean? Mm. Okay. I'm the blood. Zakhir, bro. This was really good. I'm gonna end on uh, uh, one last thing, which is uh, if you just give me a highlight from the past week uh, of of what your your kids have done, something yeah, something man. positive, okay. something funny. Bro, so obviously, like you, you saw my story. Yeah. I went to Legoland. I went so I went Legoland on Tuesday, and bro, wallahi, I love. I loved it. I don't know why. I loved it, right? <laughs> right? You see me in theme parks, yeah. It's just a thing, bro. Like even when I'm going with some of the younger brothers, when I take them on trips, yeah. <laughs> it's like the twenty-eight year old. Yeah, the twenty-eight year old. Oh, everyone, come on, come on. We're gonna like, get late for the queue. Come on, hurry up, man. Hurry up. The queue's short now. I'm there, just like you know, I'm mean, crazy because I'm just and then. Like well, like if you do, if you do, like vlog it, if you do, like look at it from like a, it'll be so hilarious. Yeah? <laughs> also, I'm like, hey guys, everyone coming out? I'm on the road because like, like just enjoying myself so much, like like a child. Yeah. So for me, a theme park, bro, it's Legoland. Yes, flipping kid stuff. But I loved it so much. And at the end, at the end, we couldn't find our car. Okay. We couldn't find our car. Like like I I, I parked it, but I was looking in the wrong car park. Mm. And for me, and my family were in the car park, and we we're just like. 
my wife's heart sunk. Like, like I've got, I've got, like my car's quite expensive as well. So I'm like, okay, like I'm thinking, okay, cool. Someone maybe just like got their sensor from my keyless like car entry, and I've heard of these thefts. It's gone. And subhanAllah, like, you know, we, uh, I go, I, I, I said, wait, my wife said, why don't you check? The, and I think it was another copper. So we checked and he was there. Oh, and then, I, and then I said to my son and my daughter, I said, Alhamdulillah, we have to thank Allah for helping us find our car. Hmm. And, uh, and then, and then my, my, and then I put the kids in the car. My wife put some bags in the boot. I helped to put the bags in the car as well. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> you saw that, yeah? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I put the, I, I did that, and then I went to pray, and I put my jacket down, and my and, and I said to I said to my wife, I said, listen, tell. Oh no, I didn't actually tell my wife. My wife did it herself. She said, Daddy's praying now, and that's all she said. And I put my jacket down, and my kids put the jackets down as well, and there was floods of non-Muslims walking past us, mm. and I wanted them to see an upright example that they can follow. I wanted them to see this this uncompromising presence in their life because whoever you are you respect discipline principled and uncompromising individuals no matter who you are your psyche you are built to respect principled uncompromising upright people yeah, yeah. and that's why i wanted to be that example for my kids and like bro like as in my kids finally like you know when I want, I when I want them to see that, I want them to see that that's their father, mm. that is basically unwilling to compromise on his value and to give in, and no one else is praying. I was full of non-Muslims that parked that day, because obviously it's, it was like all the all the other people are going to the gone to school. Like it was Tuesday, and like uh, the first day was Monday or whatever, and like there was loads of loads of non-Muslims there. And Subhanallah, like I just wanted them to see that look, your father is uh, is basically like you know. Standing here, praying salah, putting his forehead on the ground, and I want you to see that no matter who's watching, he doesn't care. Yeah, and just that example there, like I, I, I will live with me forever. Is like, is that subhanallah? Like you know, I will always do that. I will always do crazy, crazy things that make my children say, "Wow, that's my father." Mm. I will always want them to see that because I believe they associate with memories like that more than they do with you know you trying to teach them. Yes, of course. And hence why, like, even when they see me like. Like it's a bit unfair for me to say this because a lot of other people can't do this. Even when they see their father giving the reminders to like you know a hundred and fifty youngsters, like my son and my daughter are there and they're seeing daddy daddy speak. Like it's I I like that it's nice for them mm. and I do it sometimes so that my son can see as well. Do you get what I'm saying? And like you know for that, you know Alhamdulillah man like you know that that that's what I feel like others should try and do. You should try and find pockets in your life, just moments. Where your child can be inspired by you, where they look at you and be like, "Wow, that's my dad." Yeah, and they love that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So that's an example of what happened this week, man. Alhamdulillah. So yeah, man. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> I thought being nice, uh, Alhamdulillah. That's sure. amazing. Exactly. Khair. Today, uh, actually, I still have my staff badge on, so I started teaching at this um, local sort of weekend Islamic supplementary school. And uh, Isa is now at the age where he can attend. So he had his first day in like sort of, this sort of Muslim school environment and stuff. And, you know, he really, when we came out, he really enjoyed it. He was like, yeah, it was really nice, nice place, nice teacher, nice friends, you know. And uh, it really tied him out. Like when we got halfway home and he was already crashed out in the car. 
but that was that was alhamdulillah a highlight definitely so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how how things progress inshallah okay we'll come to an end bro jazakallah khair for joining me i really really appreciate it um and uh, for those of you of you on instagram jazakallah khair for joining as well uh, make sure uh, those of you who are following me, you follow Shoaib as well. Um, check out some of his content. Some of his reels are mashallah popping. So I think it would be uh, definitely beneficial content. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll try and get you on another time as well. Uh, maybe we'll catch you before you start your next uh, filming project. Because if I try and ask you in between that, it's probably going to take another like year or two. No, no, no. <laughs> apologies, bro. Apologies, and also uh, those who are following me as well, go ahead and please uh, follow uh, Brother Show Muhammad as well. Some great stuff he's doing as well. Alhamdulillah, and uh, and yeah, bro. Thank you for having me, man. Apologies if I was a bit unorthodox and nah, a bit, it was good. I, it was I, I find I find I find that's nice, man. Do you know what I mean, bro? You don't you don't want the same boring thing over and over again, exactly. man. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Take care. It's about having fun, bro. Inshallah. You take care, my bro. Inshallah. Speak to you soon. Yeah. Inshallah.